the research spotlight. This is a show where we get to interact with researchers from all over the world. My name is Tisha, and today's conversation is with Mr. Benjamin Atta Ousu. So, yeah, Mr. Ousu, a BSc in mathematics from the Kwame Nkrumah University of Science and Technology in Kumasi, Ghana, and an MSc in applied mathematics from the Prince of Songkla University in Thailand. He is currently pursuing a PhD in the same university and also works as a research assistant at the Medical Data Center for Research and Innovation at the Faculty of Medicine. And just because Mr. Uso is so, so passionate about research work, he has founded a multidisciplinary research and innovation center in Ghana. And what they do is that they provide training in statistical research methods. He's going to tell us more in the course of our conversation. And he also has a YouTube channel where he shares a lot of stuff about research work. The name of the channel is Multidisciplinary Research and Innovation Center. So please do um, search for the channel, subscribe to it, and follow all the cool stuff he's doing over there. Thank you so much for joining me here, Mr. Usu. Well, thank you so much for having me, Tess. Yeah, I'm so pleased to have you here for the third time, right? The first one was education yeah. in the diaspora, study in Thailand. The second one was, I think, PhD right? And now you yeah. are here to share your journey with us. I hope you are doing well this afternoon. Well, it's evening in Thailand. Yeah, very well. It's 8 p.m., so I'm doing very well. <laughs> yeah, great. Good to know. Yeah. So what really influenced this, your career path? I mean, I can see you are really passionate about research work. What influenced this? Well, first of all, I'd like to say thank you so much for having me and good, good evening to your listeners and your viewers from Thailand. So um, going into research, is not something that, it's not a decision that is easily made. Mm -hmm. um, I tried, a lot of people in academia will move to industry because probably um, it provides a way for people to apply what their theoretical knowledge. But then I believe that research provides a better understanding of theoretical knowledge. I decided to go into research not long ago, but probably three or four years ago. Mm. And I didn't really have a good start. Let me say that I was pushed into the middle of the ocean and I decided to um, balance myself and maneuver my way around. So I find myself in research, and I'm glad I did. Honestly, I'm glad I did. Wow. So it, it means for you, it wasn't your childhood dream. What, what did you want to be when you were growing up? Well, every most of the time, especially in a part of the world, every Ghanaian child wants to be a doctor, <laughs> or probably a lawyer, or thereabout. I had, I had that dream. I had that dream until I completed the university. Even mm -hmm. at the time I completed the university, I still had that dream. But then it was during my national service that I realized that the world is not only about medicine. Mm -hmm. But then there are people that the doctors, they listen to. And these are the researchers because most of the medical decisions are based on research. So then if I can, if I can position myself, in, if I be in a position where I influence medical decisions, 
Then it is a bit of the America button. Right, so that's that's definitely that's why I decided to go into this area. Wow. Well, that's that's good to know. And what problems are your your research work solving? Well, currently my my research is focused on um, uh, finding the health effects of um, environmental exposure. For example, um, when we move on daily, we come across we pick up smells from um, vehicle exhaust pipes, petroleum products. Now, my research is focused on trying to determine what effect that these exposures have on our health. So I'm currently working on um, oil spill exposure and how it affects human health in the long term. And my focus is purely based in Thailand. Most of my research is based in Thailand, yes. Well, it sounds very interesting. Can you tell us a little bit more about it? Well, the, the basis the basis of this research is the fact that about eight years ago, there was an oil spill incident in Thailand. Mm -hmm. And prior to that, very little was known about oil spill incidents, especially in Thailand, although there had been other researches in other areas of the world. So um, the, the research is designed to assess the health of those who participated in the cleaning up of the oil spill because mm. it involves it involves a lot of work and some of the chemicals present in the oil or in crude oil are carcinogens they easily mm. cause um, cancer they have other health effects so the project is supposed to assess the health, the long-term impact whether within five years or ten years there will be an impact after exposure to oil spill. So currently, that is what that is what I'm working on now, and it's almost a concluding project. So probably after after that, then I will move to cancer research. Wow. Yeah, because I can from your profile, you also work at a hospital. You do research work in um, well, the medical well, school. I, that's as I said, being being a doctor is as important as being the one who influences the decisions yeah. of the medical. <laughs> the medical mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Great. So, what are some of the challenges that you are you have faced so far in this journey? Well, um, so far, well, at the start at the start of my research journey, it wasn't very easy because I really didn't have a lot of people or a lot of connections where I could share knowledge and get some knowledge from them. But now I believe that everything is very smooth now because at every turn you see a learned colleague somewhere who is willing to share his ideas, who is willing to provide motivation. But then at the beginning of my, my research journey, it wasn't really simple. I had to, as I told you, I was, I found myself in the middle and I had to try to find a way to maneuver my way out and then be conversant with the environment. But currently wow. I think everything is or everything is really smooth and it's going well for now. Well so you are enjoying what you're doing now, right? <laughs> oh I love it. I love I love what I'm doing. Because every mm -hmm. day one one good thing about research is that you get a chance to learn something new something every day. New. Yeah. Because you're not you're not the only person doing what you are doing. Mm -hmm. There are others doing the same thing, getting the same re different results. So you get a chance to learn something new every day. 
that's one good thing about Red Sox. Yeah, great. So and you know, this before is, this is why this is why I would encourage people to choose research over industry, because in industry you you able to apply your theoretical knowledge. But then in research, it's not just about applying your theoretical knowledge. You always learn something every day. You learn something new every day. There's always something innovative that you have to learn. Yeah. Learn. Mm. Yeah, that, that, that's very true. Can you tell us a little bit about your project in Ghana, the Multidisciplinary Research and Innovation um, Center, well, the, and then what you do? It's, it's a project I decided to undertake because I believe that when more and more people go into research, then we get an idea of how to solve our societal problems. So that if two or three people are doing research in different areas, they all come up with different findings. And the findings that they come out are able to transform our society in different ways that we can, we can imagine. So that the, the, the main reason for that project, the multidisciplinary research you know, and innovation, is basically to train or develop undergraduate students and graduate students to become researchers in different fields mm -hmm. as they may choose. So the plan is to um, teach people on research methods, research processes. It's not just about inviting you to come so that I do your research for you, no. It's about guiding you into research and teaching you how to stay in there not mm. to give up so easily. In, the, in, in that regard, um, I'm trying to, so far I've, I've, I've assisted about three, of, three, three different people in teaching them how to analyze their data, which was not exactly about um, medicine or health. Mm. But some, of them are in, some of them are in climate, some of them are in education, and then social sciences as well. So the project is supposed to, as it were, train people on how to conduct their own research. Yeah. Can anybody at all apply, or you have a specific, um, you have a selection criteria? Currently, currently, I don't have any specific selection criteria. The only thing you need is you need a commitment to learn. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be the situation where you just come and then within one week or one month, you think that you, are, you know enough so you want to leave. It, is, it will be a gradual learning process and you should be committed to learn. So I'm looking forward to those who are in academia, especially undergraduate and graduate students, because they have a little bit more time to spend in academia. Yeah. Is there, is there um, a specific time frame, like maybe when someone registers with you, the person has to stay for like a month, two months or a year? It depends, it purely depends on how quick you learn. <laughs> and it, it depends okay. on how, so for some it could take two years. How well you want, to, you want to learn. So currently um I have I have a project and I use our I'll use that project as a basis for training. So that when you come into when you register and you come into the the project, I don't let me add that I don't charge anything from anyone. I don't charge anything from anyone for training. It just depends on whether you are willing to learn or not. I have a project that I intend to use as a background for training so that 
when you come in, if you, are, if you want to learn about conducting research, then you should learn by conducting the research. Yeah. So I have, I have a project coming up probably within the next two months. And I would, I'm inviting people who are interested in learning research to join the project. Mm. And okay. I believe that by the time, by the end of the project, I would have been able to train about five or six people into how to conduct quality research, not just research. about um, the project. Yes. Wow. Wow, this is really great. Uh, yeah, I know the center is located in Ghana, but I mean, do you take people outside Ghana also? Maybe there are some uh, Nigerians or people from other countries who would love to be trained by you. Well, I'll say that thanks, thanks to COVID-19, you don't have to stay at one place to work in another place. You don't have to mm. go to a different place to work, work wherever you are. And because of because of our current situation, there is I have I have contact persons in Ghana. I have contact persons in Ghana, but mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how you contact them. It doesn't matter how you contact them. Everything that you will be doing will be done online. So okay. it doesn't matter whether you are in Nigeria, you are in Ghana. You just have to send an email, or you just have to make the contact, and then we take it from there. Oh, great. Okay, viewers. So if you are watching us and you are interested in this project, please do contact Mr. Ata Owusu for the details on i mean how you can join them and all that okay so just before we came live you were telling me uh, you just came back from the office i mean and it's 8 p.m at yeah. your end yeah so i want yeah. to ask what's a typical day like for you as a researcher a typical day for a researcher well i really cannot i really cannot it's difficult to describe how the typical days look like because every day is different yeah but but most of the time you'd have to spend your your time doing lab work or, or analyzing data the the day of a researcher is beyond 24 hours <laughs> you give you can give 30 hours to a researcher it still wouldn't be enough because mm -hmm. at every point in time you need to you need to find something new something new has come up and you need to read about it a day of a researcher means that you spend all of your all of your time at your workstation. That's how it looks like. I left at 8 p.m. Some some of them left me around 7 p.m. And tomorrow by 6 a.m. they will be there. Wow. Yeah. Mm. So it's, it's quite it's quite a tedious work and it, it, it requires discipline and time. A lot of discipline and time. Wow. And how, how do you cope with all that? I mean, you know, life is not all about research when there are other things, family, maybe, I don't know, church and friends and all that. So how are you able to manage all these things? Well, with regards to family, I would say, fortunately, fortunately or unfortunately, <laughs> in Thailand, I am seven hours ahead of my family. So... Mm -hmm. I spend some of my sleeping time, the little sleeping time that I have, I spend some of that to talk with them. And at a time when I'll be very busy at the office, it's either they are sleeping or they're also very busy at work. Mm. So talking about family, it's not, it's not been really a big problem because of the time difference. But friends, most of my, most of my friends are my colleagues in the office. So it's either, it's either we are all in the office or we are all living in the office at the same time. 
it's, it's not really it's not been really it's not an it's not been an easy situation especially when COVID came in but then mm-hmm. it's, it's, i'm fortunate enough to have most of my friends at the office so we live at the office and then we live outside the office at the same time and we don't get a chance to hang out anywhere because we are not allowed to go anywhere <laughs> yeah okay so we, we, we know that for researchers i mean um uh, one of the ways that we uh, you get you get to show or showcase your your work to the world is through publishing articles right can you tell us a little yes. bit about that what goes on in that well, article publication article, article publication has become um a, a necessary evil in research because it, it has created some kind of competition among researchers. But mm-hmm. then it is a way that, as you said, it is a way that you let people know that, oh, you found that, oh, you've done this. There is new this around that you have to try. And for, for anyone to try to accept the research that you are doing, then it should be, of a, it should be up to a particular standard. Article publication requires a lot of time a lot of time and you have to um, constantly you have to constantly update your knowledge on whatever research that you are doing for example on my research about oil spill um, you know that sometimes um, I've prepared the article and it is ready for submission or for peer review you keep it for just a week or two and then you find something new to improve on your work so article publication requires constant reading and you need to update your knowledge every day so that you'll be able to make sure that what you are doing is not retrospective, but it is prospective. It is something that actually presents knowledge for the future. Yeah. Wow. And for a PhD student, how many articles are you supposed to publish? Well, it depends on the university. In my university, you are required to get two. Oh, okay. You are required to get two two publications, and the journals. The, there is a standard for the journals. There is a standard for and, and there is a standard for the journals in which you publish. So, you your your article really needs to be good. Your research really needs to be good to get to those journals, and I'm still mm. trying. <laughs> don't worry you will definitely get there yeah you'll get there I'm still trying. Yeah. yeah so what should an aspiring researcher have in mind before i mean um starting a career in research because you have encouraged us that um you would advise um, you have said earlier that you would advise that instead of going to the industry we should go into research right but before we take your advice, what should we have at the back of, of our mind? First of all, you should know what you want to solve, the problem you want to solve. Probably most of the time, the reason why you go to industry will be the, the same reason why you need to go into research mm-hmm. because the industry works on the research output. The industry works on the research output. So, um, before anyone, before anyone decides to go into research, my advice is that you should, you should expect anything and prepare for everything. You should prepare for everything. And you must be focused on 
which area of research that you want to go. Nobody can go into all the areas of research. It's not possible. So you should be, it, it, it shouldn't be like, that is the only option that you had. So you are choosing research. You should have a lot of options and decide to go to research. In that, in that case, you'll be pushed to make it work. Yeah. So for an aspiring researcher, I'd advise that you must have a clear path ahead of you. You must know what you want to do and be prepared for everything. Yeah. Hmm. Wow, great. Thank you. And uh, in, in your journey as a researcher, um, did you have someone as a mentor or someone that really influenced you? In 2013, in 2013, when I I decided, I started considering about research. I got my motivation or I got the encouragement from one Dr. Samuel Blay. He was a pediatrics cardiologist at Confonoche. Mm. He started introducing me to the idea of making medical decisions from medical data analysis. So my, my first motivation came from him. But then when I, when I was convinced that I needed to go into research, I got a lot of my motivation from um, one Prince, Prince Amelianpong. Currently he's, he's in France. I got a lot of my, my motivation from him. Oh. It was because I saw that he was excelling as at, as at um, 2015, 2016, he was excelling in his area of research. And that really motivated me to go into, into that area. And wow. until now, I still look up, I still, I still look up, up to him. Probably he doesn't know this, but <laughs> most of the time I take a peek at his, at his research articles, although they are not in my area. Yeah, Some yeah. of his posts on LinkedIn and social media, I, I really read them just for the motivation. Mm. Well, that's great. And viewers, Dr. Prince Emmanuel Pong has been uh, a guest on this channel. So if you want to, okay. <laughs> yeah. So if you, if you want to check our interview with him, you can you you can check on our um, on our channel. Um, it was about waste transformation. I'm not too sure about the title. But it was about waste transformation. Something something you can check and then get some inspiration and motivation from Dr. Prince. Yeah, you are already doing a lot in contributing to research work in, in, um, in your country, Ghana, or let's say in Africa as a whole. But um, currently, how do you see the state of research work in Africa? Do you think we are behind? Do you think we are ahead? Or <laughs> you think we are just where we are supposed to be? We are not at where we are supposed to be. I don't know where we are supposed to be, but that is not where we are. Mm -hmm. I believe that research work in, in Ghana, in Africa, it needs more commitment. More commitment from all the stakeholders, from all the stakeholders. I believe that, yes, although there are not many people who are into research, but then those who are in research should also aim for higher standards. Let me put it that way. They should aim for higher standards. I've read, I've read a lot of research articles from Ghana. And by the Ghanaian standard, I think that they are good. But I believe that there is, there is more room for improvement as in the fact that 
if they aim for basically the quality of your research depends on where you publish it. Basically, the quality of your research depends on where you publish it. So I think that a lot of researchers in Ghana should rather aim for higher standard, higher, better output. And then also financial input, research financial input is almost not there. For example, the project that I intend to, that I intend to start is self-funded. Okay. It's very difficult, it's very difficult to get an organization or even a government agency that is willing to support or fund a research. That is one yeah. thing that is, um, that is holding back research in, in Ghana and in Africa. That is one thing that is holding back, that is holding us back a lot. Because most of the time, our focus is on getting the industry to work, getting the industry to work. Yes, that is, that is good. But the, the fact is that if the industry is not working on research outputs, then they'll get to a point and then there'll be no way ahead. Mm. So currently research in Ghana in particular, there's more room for doing. We are not there yet. We are nowhere close to where we want to be. Mm. We are nowhere close to until, until we start putting in a lot of effort, a lot of finances into academic research. I think we will not get there. We will never get there. Wow. Yeah, we hope that the, and the government and, and, mm -hmm. I'd, also, I'd also like to add that a lot of a lot of people, academics, academicians who leave Ghana to elsewhere, most of them are in research. Most of the people, uh, students who leave Ghana to study abroad, most of them go into academic academia and research. Okay, so we have we have the potential. Yeah. To be honest with you, we have the potential, but then the the vehicle that pushes the potential is not there. And nobody is committed in providing that, ve that vehicle. I, I remember a story um, about six years ago where university lecturers had to go on strike because of book and, no, graduate students in Ghana had to go on a demonstration because of research grants. Mm. And I was, I was in Thailand with one of my friends, Collins. And so we, we inquired about how much research grant they were getting and he said, oh, a thousand cities for an academic year and we we almost we almost fell down laughing because a graduate student <laughs> no, it's gets really a sad. Sad. As a, it's as a 2015 it was around a thousand or a thousand five hundred cities that was less than how much somebody in europe or us was taking for a month as research yeah. okay so when you consider these things you realize that those in advanced countries, it doesn't matter where they come from, whether they come from Ghana, whether they come from wherever they come from, they're able to push forward in research, become more innovative in research yeah. compared to those at home because their support is not there. Wow. With this, with this situation, do you have plans of going back to Ghana to settle? I do have plans of going back to Ghana. Currently, my, my immediate plan is to, one of, one of the problems that I have identified in my area of research is the fact that in healthcare research, the data is not available. So when you decide to go into healthcare research, you'd have to start from the scratch by collecting your, the data by yourself, employing mm -hmm. people who administer questionnaires. But then an important source of data in health research is the hospital. 
So I believe that, well, I intend to go to Ghana. Yes, I do. Immediately my, after. My name, <laughs> well, I need to I need to take time to improve myself, to get better, to, mm. to be in a position where I can help. To be in a better position where I can help. So my immediate focus is to, through this, um, this project, try to train people who become better in data management, better in database management, so that at least the data that comes from our hospitals is good enough to be used for research. Mm -hmm. Definitely, I'll go back to help when I, when I believe that I'm in a very good position to help. <laughs> okay, that's good to know anyway. Um, you studied mathematics at KNUST. I studied physics at KNUST. And most of the time, what we had was, if you study the raw courses, you are going to end up in the in the classroom. I don't know if you heard that, but I heard that several times. Like if you study physics, chemistry, um, um, mathematics, these courses that we call raw, raw courses or something like that, you are going to end up teaching in the classroom. But right now you are doing uh, research work in uh, health-related field, right? Yes. So what would, what would you tell a younger person or maybe even your younger self who, is, uh, who has been offered to study pure mathematics or raw mathematics and it's feeling discouraged because the person doesn't want to end up in the classroom teaching mathematics? What would be your advice for such a person? Well, first of all, I'd like to say that the thought, the thought that when you study physical sciences, you are going to the classroom, is founded on ignorance and poverty. <laughs> that is all. That thought, because in my office, there are about 18 people there. And we all work on medical research. None of us, none of the 18 staff in the office came from our medical doctors. Yes, we have we have supervisors who are medical doctors. That is true. I don't deny that. Mm. But none of the about 18 people who are working in that office ever studied medicine. We are basically for math, statistics, and then computer science. Okay. So mm. the thought that when you study physical sciences, you are going to the classroom is founded on ignorance and poverty. So my advice is that. First of all, when you when you finish when you finish a first degree, especially in Ghana, you have no idea of your capabilities. You have no idea. You have no idea of what you are capable of doing with what you have studied. And the only way, the only way to find out where you can fit is to start applying what you can do or improving on what you can do. You will not just wake up and then say that I studied mathematics, but I'm going into medicine or I'm going to astronomy or any other area. The good thing about physical sciences is that it is some kind of multidisciplinary. So when you study physical, physical science, the advantage is that you can fit into every system because it branches into different areas. It's not like somebody who studied medicine where you can really not go to teach mathematics in the high school with medicine. <laughs> but then when you study physical sciences, it gives you the ability to fit in 
almost every sector, provided you are willing to develop yourself. Mm -hmm. So the moment you, if you are really willing to move outside the thought that physical sciences will end up, will end you up into the classroom, then you should be willing to improve yourself. Because when you study physical sciences, it is physical. There is no application about that. But then you need to improve yourself on how to apply it. So if anybody has a thought that physical sciences really ends puts you in the classroom, it's not true. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. And um, it's been a great afternoon listening to your journey. What will be your final words? there's any other thing you would love to share with us, we would be grateful. Well, I would like to let everyone know that um, professional development is very important. We can, always, we can always look at people and then they will inspire us. But unless you take a step, unless you take a step, you're really not able to achieve anything. Now, currently, a lot of my motivation comes from my, my advisor, who is a medical doctor, and he's young, he's ambitious, and he's innovative. These are the things that really should drive every young person. You should always try to find a way, an innovative way to achieve your, your ambition. And once you set your eyes on it, there is really no limit to achieving it. That's the point. And also, I'd also like to thank you as well for having me here. Thank you. Thank you for coming uh, for the third time. And I'm sure we are going to have you the fourth and the fifth <laughs> because you have a well, lot of those to share with us. Definitely. Definitely. I'm always available. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you so much, viewers, for staying tuned to today's episode. I am very sure you have been inspired just as I have been. And so see you in our next episode. Bye-bye.